just a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a quip. It's just cadals. What's up, everybody? To Witty Banter, episode number 76. Introducing, first and foremost, we have the long, tall Texan, no, Hunter Dorsett. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything this time, but you're bringing We're it to the table. feeling it every time. And then every we've got the number this. two seat, Max Scott, oh, Silky Slick himself. God, this is awful. I hate <laughs> it over here, man. And in I, the bed of the truck, it's co-host Chase Williams. There Ooh, he is. Okay. Bringing it to the, le- to the end. Oh, okay. He's the caboose now. <laughs> but that's also a place that you want to be. You know? I could dig the caboose, Chase. Yeah. Chase the caboose. <laughs> Man, that's what we're known for, yeah. Bringing up the rear. Gotcha. More butt jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically for right. Max. Yeah, well. I like blacked out there for a second. This is witty banter. Uh, we Where review we? beers. <laughs> yeah, what, what are we, are we reviewing today? So today we are reviewing the This sol- one's going to be gnarly. Yeah, yeah, me and dude, Max had some reservations going into this one, I'm but excited about we're this. still you, excited because it's going to be interesting no, no matter no, what. Don't speak for me. Was gonna, this your? This was your choice, right? No, this is a dude straight up recommended it to us. I think we he was like, "This one's if you're like, going super." We t- kind of told him weird? to get some weird, weird it with us. So we, I think we he was told like, him "To get weird," and it got really he weird, got pretty weird. Yeah, so, anyways, let's 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 talk about this beer. All right, it's brewed and canned by Martin House Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. They liked our post about it. Thanks, guys. Really? This is the right. Salsa Verde Hatch Chile and tom- Tomatillo Ale. And it is 7.6% alcohol by volume. And when I went into their website, the description reads, Roasted Hatch Chili Peppers and Lime infuse this limited release with a zesty kick. It's limited, guys. We're on the LTD. Oh. Also, <laughs> also attending the Fiesta are Tomatillos for a subtle sweetness Lime for tartness and cilantro to oh, mellow dude. it all out. It's like we're drinking a taco beer. The full, <laughs> the full-bodied <laughs> blonde malt provides a great counterbalance for the intense rush of flavor. Nothing in this sounds balanced by any reason. <laughs> I have one question though for you, Hunter. With like, since there's salsa in the beer, is it still a beer? Did we? Say, I mean, I, it said tomatillo. Yeah. And cilantro. You know I, mean? I, I, I don't think, mean, because you by make your standards. Tomatillo salsa isn't really salsa. It's just like a sauce, right? No. There is salsa verde, and then there's green sauce. I don't want to get into this with you again. <laughs> I feel like I'm this like, is beer that they a lot to prove. salsa verde, and it has tomatillo. This is actually like incredibly salsa, ironic right? that this beer came to the forefront, <laughs> that we decided to choose this and have this on the show. Being that we, I mean, well, Hunter, you are the keeper of what is and is not a salsa. If you don't know whatever you made that you're dipping your chips in is a salsa or a sauce, just tweet at Hunter or (laughs) send him a picture. I like to describe you. (laughs) Is it chunky? (laughs) No. Is it red? No. (laughs) Then it's not a salsa. That's 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 Hunter's standards, by the way. I I admit that there are green salsas. (laughs) I just don't admit that every uh, green sauce is a salsa. I just don't. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, moving yeah, right along. Moving on. We're, on. Over the we're bringing it up. Uh, anybody taking a sniff or a, or a sip yet? I've taken a sniff. I haven't taken a snarf. Where's the Where's the sniff? Get crazy, you? dude. It smells, it smells crazy. like pepper. Why are you Why are you Why are you so downtrodden? You look like you're about to have to take medicine or something. It's a beer. So. I, I, so? Dude, you, you I, 
<laughs> I did get a, a you know a little bit of the the tomatillo on on the pour. Even like wow, oh cilantro. my god, <laughs> who's <laughs> drinking dude, this dude, beer this yet? We have to, <laughs> dude. I know we're all like, have you? <laughs> you got it, right? Have you, you taken this? Have you, you guys got tried it? it? Right, fuck you guys. Here I come in. Okay. Oh my god, dude! This is a fucking. That was not a good sip, dude. You gotta get a big, a better sip than that. His eyes are twitching, dude. Try this it. is a very peppery beer. It's incredibly peppery. I was not expecting that, <laughs> Max. You, Max, come on, like, dude, you love peppers. What is this, dude? It's what you think. It's a little bit more approachable than you. Would yeah. Think. I'd the pepper's so. all in the end, which is cool. Because you drink it and you're like, okay. This is actually this beer has a slow burn at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it warms, dude. Yeah. This is actually It warms like, the taint. It's yeah, weird dude. because like, you know, when you describe beer, like sometimes you'll be like, Oh, it's spicy. And you think it's <laughs> Chase's ah. reaction. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes you'll say, Oh, it's spicy, and I think that usually lends itself yeah. to being like, There's lots of spices that I get mm. in this. But this is literally like pepper spicy. Take take all of our tasting notes as being as literal as possible today when we say things like hot. When we <laughs> yeah. say things like spicy. Like, when we say uh, things like burn. When we say things <laughs> yeah. like stomach ache. What you get, Chase? I mean, it smells like tomatillo to me. Yeah, Have I you agree. tried it yet? You know? Huh? Have you sipped it? He took, yeah. took a little oh, sip, okay, Daddy. Cool. I, was just... that is, I had several sips, if you will. Oh. And, uh, you know, it like it is... It warms my throat like a fucking pepper, like cap. I mean, it like capsaicin yeah. would. Mm -hmm. And both times now, I've kind of gotten a little bit of a. Uh, it's like when you have a shot of alcohol you weren't ready for, and your face kind of like puckers up for a second. Yeah. I kind of got that at the end of both of my sips here. Well, I mean, they, it's it is strong pepper flavor, and the heat goes far. It goes <laughs> down to your. It really your tummy. does. It, your it, tummy feels it. Yeah. At the very it doesn't end, just man. dissipate. It goes yeah, all the way back. It stays down there and hangs out. It's here for the <laughs> podcast. So that's great. <laughs> this is weird. This is a weird yeah, beer. This is. I mean, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. I'm really glad that we picked it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of. Okay. It is a little sweet, too. Are you guys getting sweet? Really? Um, yeah, just like a really mild sweetness. Not like a sugary sweet, but like, yeah. like maybe sweet that literally came from the tomatillo or. It said, it said golden malt, it, right? malt. Yeah, I the think, malt's right? in it. So there's malt at the beginning. Or blonde malt is what it said. It does kind of malt you and then pepper you. <laughs> it just it feels <laughs> a little bright. <laughs> it feels like what? Bright. I said it feels a little bright. Yeah. Really? Uh, this is going to be a weird one, man. I, I, like, I it. like it, though, because it's like our <laughs> we're not just going to be recycling the same old things that we say every yeah. time about beers. Yeah, so I feel this like there one's was two got or three a lot of coffee, coffee we're like, chocolate. This is, yeah, that, those notes, aromatic. Listening blah, blah. back on a lot of my reviews, I get really peeved at myself because I use straightforward for almost every beer. Yeah. Think about this beer. <laughs> it is horrid. I mean, like this beer, I was, unfortunately, is very blunt. If I'm so. a listener, I'm like, I hate this guy's beer reviews. <laughs> but well, I well mean, apparently the, the listeners have the, said that before. Yeah, so that makes sense. Apparently, so. Max is the Mr. <laughs> beer Review now. Yeah. Anybody, this is anything but straightforward. So yeah. this is a mystery. Yeah. But I will say, you know, we've had I forgot what other beer we had, Hunter, where we, it was like some sort of specific flavor, and we've like kind of only gotten a touch of it. This one is 100% what it says on the can. Right. Salsa Verde. Yeah, this 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 reminds me of the Rauk beer. How bacony that shit was. This, yeah, this is that much salsa. Yeah, which nobody like you know. I mean, you might be able to eat that much bacon, but do you want that much <laughs> yeah. salsa? Yes. Can you honestly, chug salsa? Yeah. Can you chug it? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Jesus. Well. Yeah. Well, we'll I'm see how this one see how goes. This turns out. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it like continues to be 
this spicy, it probably will. It'll probably get more spicy as it opens up, I would reckon. As it warms, I bet so. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of excited, though. I it, like spicy shit. It actually looks really good, too, though. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, good commercial looking beer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This it, is a good prank beer. It doesn't look very filtered. Prank at all. beer? Yeah. I don't see a whole lot of, like, sediment, but you can't see through it. You can't see through it at all. Um, Even when you hold it through the light, I can barely see it. We that. didn't really yeah. get much head on it either. I got, yeah, not much head. Very. Very bright orange. I mean, it's a light, light color. I was half expecting it to be green. Who would have known? <laughs> honestly thought Who that. Who would have known? Excellent, man. All right. Well, we'll figure out what's going on with this one through the episode. Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into the news. This is Woody Banter. His are getting nice and just... His are, his are like harsh. really punchy. Yeah. His That's how you usually have to end it out of the three. Like <laughs> you have a lot of pressure being the third. The least amount of pressure is the second one. The first amount of pressure is you know you kind of. I kind of like taking up the first spot because I, I kick it off. Well, your fresh. your beeps have been in rare form for like six or seven weeks now. Good. And the thing is, is I was I was waiting because you kind of you found this new upper echelon of <laughs> yeah, where you like to, to sit in your beeps. To. You know, you found a new beeping timbre and it was right along the time that you described <laughs> it as a Pikachu. Beep, yeah. Right. Well, what's and nice. I feel like Max also found his beep as well. I don't, I'm not going to agree. No. I don't know what Max is doing over there. So I'm third place now. You don't like my beeps anymore. <laughs> I put myself in third place. He's got no, you didn't. You no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You saved it at the end. We all know that I'm in third place. <laughs> He's bitter Nobody. after we sold him that he has no spotlight because you took the beer spotlight and I got the Metal or Magic spotlight. He's got to put you down, man. Because I know what it feels like to be in that spotlight. <laughs> it's fucking cold out here, man. <laughs> I'm freezing. Jesus. Oh, man. <sighs> all right. All right, let's let's wait. So we had a lot of news stories last week. A little light on news stories this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. We we got a few. Uh, we got a, a random one here, and that is. So, oh, I already closed so it. Random. Never mind. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> yeah. So random. Please bear with us while we make up news stories on the spot. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this one comes from Eurogamer.net, and it is Capcom addresses concern around controversial Street Fighter V DLC. Says Capcom says it's putting most of the money made from its controversial Street Fighter V DLC into supporting competitive tournaments. Street Fighter V's Capcom Pro Tour Premiere package includes three new costumes and a new stage, plus 22 exclusive colors and titles, all for $24.99. At the time, Capcom said that a portion of all proceeds would go to the Capcom Cup 2016 prize pool, but despite this, most Street Fighter V players criticized the DLC for being overpriced. Now, two months later, Capcom has gone into detail on this quote-unquote portion. In a post on the PlayStation blog, which came out, I think today or yesterday, our time, it's Wednesday when we're recording this, Capcom said a minimum of 30% of the revenue goes to the Capcom Cup 2016 prize pool, and an additional 50% of the revenue is invested into Capcom Pro Tour production. This means Capcom puts more than 80% of all Capcom Pro Tour DLC revenue directly into supporting Capcom Pro Tour initiatives. Max, you're a big old fighting game of Fanarooney. That's true. That's exactly how I describe myself. That's it. Run my business card. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fanaruni number one. Fanaruni, Max Scott. Fanaruni. I wanted to see. Uh, I wanted to see uh, if you had any like, 
if you had any fingers on any pulses here about what the FGC was thinking about this DLC and how long it took Capcom to come out and be a little more direct about the money and just the handling of the old situation plus what we know now. I don't know. It's it's kind of strange. When this first dropped, uh, yeah, people were like livid because one, it's just fucking expensive off the bat, dude. Like twenty five bucks, dude, it's a lot. for so three that's like another costumes, game or two. It's yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's 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 three costumes and it's twenty two colors. When there's also already that big issue that was just recently fixed, but there was a big issue when this came out about like getting colors and uh, just one stage, which. While the stage is, like, pretty cool, there's a lot of, like, recycled material from other stages. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very, like, let's just take all the pedestrians out of the other stages and put them all into this one. So when they said that it was, like, supporting the Capcom Pro Tour, uh, I mean, that made it a little bit more approachable. And I think 80% is honestly a lot more than I thought. I thought you were going to stop at 30% and say that was it. And I was like, that sounds like like Capcom. That sounds like (laughs) something they would fucking do. But honestly, hearing that it's, like, 80% going towards the Capcom Pro Tour, I mean, I think that's... I mean, I think that's cool. I think Shows that's awesome. I think that's, yeah, it's awesome that they're supporting the scene. Um, that being said, I bought a season pass for this game, and I feel like I've gotten, like, nothing out of it. Hmm. It was, like, a $30 season pass, and I got the six DLC characters that came out, and, like, I didn't get any stages, I don't think, with it. So I've had to, like, buy stages, hey, dude, don't you get don't you get the, uh, like, every, like, uh, Guile stage and... Uh, Balrog stage, wasn't that all in there? Do you have I to buy that separately? I, I don't, don't know because I've had to buy the Balrog stage, but I don't know which account that was on. No, I've had to buy the Balrog stage. Interesting. Well, so, they say here that the prize pool for the Capcom Cup is now at three hundred and forty-two thousand dollars, and ninety thousand dollars of that has been from the sales of this DLC. And that's cool, man. And I think that that's awesome because all I want to do is I want to see a big fat fucking number for the winning prize <laughs> for Capcom Cup. I really do because it like people think in fuck, people think in numbers, and when like somebody assesses the value of a tournament or a video game tournament, they're gonna think about how much that person won in money. Yeah. And even if it's somebody who's not into like video game tournaments, you can almost like vouch for it that way to be like, well, dude, fucking the prize pool was what thirty five hundred, yeah. $342,000. So is that the purse or is that the grand prize? That's the purse, I'm sure. I think that's the purse. Yeah. Yeah. Still, though, I mean, that's. If you're walking away with like 200K after winning a fucking Street Fighter tournament. Yeah. Dude, like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Dude. Dude, that would be cool. (laughs) Would you guys want that? I mean, that's Um, like a fucking sick salary for the most. A majority of the world, the top 10% of the world. So I got a question. Yeah. So on this downloadable content, you said that there were there were stages. How many stages were released with this twenty five dollar gig? One. Just just one. So you're saying that (laughs) people are? I mean, clearly they're not willing to pay. Yeah. But they valued costumes themselves this high. I mean, are people really willing to pay a significant dollar amount? Simply for costumes? No. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have... I, I would pay for content, like, stuff I've never gotten to do before. But, yeah. like, making your characters look a little different. Well, I think, I think costumes are a, little, a big th- thing, man. Yeah, costumes yeah. and cosmetics are a big thing. But they're well, not that big. They're, like, $4 a piece. Hmm. So you're saying that... And I, I would just say that, that I think yeah. you'd be surprised at how much people are willing to buy those things because 
a lot like much like Max, a lot of people play a f- like Street Fighter. They just play Street Fighter, and when you stare at the same character for hours a day, you end up wanting those additional colors and stuff. But no, I I still agree that I there's I haven't bought anything from this game except for a couple characters. Only when my friends come over and want to play as those characters, I haven't bought anything, and I'm just I look at the uh, price of the season pass. I'm like, nope. I look at the yeah. price of this DLC. I'm like, nope. And just because, like what you said, Hunter, that's two, three games, you know? Yeah, you put those together, and then you're buying the game again. You've doubled <laughs> the value of yeah. what you spent on the game. And that's, like, crazy, man. Especially it's, since yeah. the biggest push of Street Fighter V was, like, everything we do in this game. You know, Capcom's very known for the fucking Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter, mm-hmm. uh, Street Fighter Alpha, Street Fighter blah, blah, blah. Even though that, the Alpha doesn't make sense, but, like... They said that everything was going to be able to be purchased with fight money, and which is what you, it's like an in-game currency that you get. But that just hasn't been the case. Slash is very unrealistic in a lot of mm-hmm. situations where they just made it too hard to get. Um, I think that it's... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't bought it, and I don't plan on buying it. I think Capcom kind of holds this sort of like... Every time they come out with a stage or a costume, it's almost like there's no way you're not going to buy it or like characters there's no way you're not going to buy it because most people are getting into this for the competitive scene yeah and you know you're not going to not buy a character that you could run into in a fucking so that you could fight and practice and train against yeah. the kind of thing and honestly like stages come into play a lot costumes can throw things off too i mean people are going to buy it no matter what dude and it's just like people are going to buy it and then talk shit about it so it's like depends on how you look at it that way i just focus in on the price because I, I feel like I feel like I don't fuck with downloadable content very much, but I, I would think there's a sweet spot, and I, I, I would just guess that it'd be like $5 to $20, and if you get $20, if you're going to pay $20 for something, it better be fucking legit, you know? And when I think Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. The Witcher 3's Blood and Wine expansion was like 30 bucks, and you basically got like a whole other game. Yeah, and that, yeah, like but a that story game is expansion. Gigantic. Yeah, a story expansion sounds like totally reasonable because yeah. you're buying like was that half kinda. of a game? Yeah. You're buying a game again. You yeah. are buying a game again, yeah. but you're not doing that in this sense. So hmm. I don't know. How much I'm would you all value this at? Like ten dollars? Yeah, I was gonna say ten or fifteen bucks for all. Wow, of it. that's a that's a stark over. Valuation by Capcom, then. I mean, but hey, man, support the community. Don't we're not trying to give profits, dude. We want you to get the price pull up there. So, so, so that, so that's kind of an interesting twist. You're, you're thinking that they're maybe overvaluing it, but then at the same time, they're sliding under the or they're, they're trying to put on the table that. But it's all going towards the the cost. Yeah, and like, there's a few quotes in here that I didn't read that came from their you know PR spin about like don't don't you like we're not doing this literally using the words profit like we're not doing we think about this as supporting the community and like that's all fine and good guys okay don't think about your wallet at all (laughs) yeah Yeah. don't think about us how 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 expensive it is you know (laughs) well that's interesting I like it. No. All right, next news story. This one, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my spin on it after I read the first couple paragraphs because it may not be clear where I'm taking it. But the title, this one also comes from Eurogamer.net, and the title is "The Witcher Three Wild Hunt Will Not Support PlayStation Four Pro Features." The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt will not be patched or updated to support the 4K features of PlayStation Pro. Quote, since we want to fully focus on Cyberpunk 2077 and Gwent and converting the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt from a full HD game into a 4K one. um, Sorry, that's really weird language. That would be too much of a time 
and resource consuming process. We decided not to release an edition of Wild Hunt supporting the new PlayStation feature, new features of PlayStation Pro. And it goes on to say that um, what he means by that is Witcher, Witcher 3 uses mostly medium to high quality textures on console, which means even though you can play it in 4K on PC, you're getting the um, up-res version of all the textures on there, so it's going to look better. And if you just up-res it on PlayStation 4, it's not going to look that great. Much of the, the article here is kind of talking about why they're not supporting it. What I want to get into is just showing how this is one of the most high-profile games of this console generation, and they're not supporting PlayStation 4 Pro's features, which is like the whole selling point of this console is like, all your games are going to look so much better, and you know you can come out with a patch to, do, to patch 4K stuff in there. And when, he, when they were given the, the conference, he said, a number of developers are already lined up. And it's like, a number? That doesn't sound... Like yeah. a lot of developers, it's a very odd term. And here you have one of the biggest developers in the industry right now who are like, nah, we're going to focus on other stuff right now. And I, I don't know. I just wanted to see if we can somehow fit this into the conversation of PlayStation 4 Pro and how kind of insignificant it feels. I think that's, yeah, it's also just big to say that The Witcher is known for being one of the best looking games, you know? So for them to come out and say that, like, there is going to be no different. The whole, you know, and people who appreciate that are going to want to play a game like The Witcher and have this full on, like, breathtaking experience as far as graphics go. And they're not going to be able to get that. So, like, it's really killing a portion of people who are buying the PlayStation Pro for this specific reason because they want to play games like The Witcher specifically. And they are yeah. not going to be able to do it, you know? It just seems weird to me that, like, they would expect everyone to go back and do all these updates to the game. You know, like like these developers have other shit going on. Time and money, right? They're like, working on two other Like just games. because they want to release two an iterative console doesn't game. mean that these developers are going to go back and be like, yeah, we'll go and work on the thing that's already been fucking released and that's like a super successful game. No. And it's not like it's going to do anything for them at all. Yeah, it, it really won't. Mm -mm. And... I'm and nobody's I'm complaining about The Witcher. Nobody's looking at The Witcher and going like, yeah, God, these graphics if it just like looked a little enough. better, I might be able to get down with this. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I want to throw that one in there real quick. Our last news story comes from Pitchfork, and the title is Spotify and Tinder team up, adding music to your swipes. <laughs> Are you face. fucking serious? Yo, Hunter's stoked, man. Users can I'm show stoked. off their favorite. <laughs> users can show off their favorite song to entice or repel potential suitors. It reads, Tinder and Spotify have joined together to make it a little easier to find love. Starting today, Tinder users pick their favorite song, an anthem it's called, to display on their profile. With or without a Spotify account, users can preview that song. For those who choose to sync their Spotify accounts, you can add your favorite artist to your profile to see who shares your taste. So, little, little, some new features coming. I'm sorry, so Tinder is... Slowly but surely coming like a, a swipeable MySpace. Page. Yeah, MySpace. That's exactly what I fucking thought. But this is sucks though because if you could do a playlist, <laughs> I don't know if I can really get myself across in just one song. I don't want to mislead anybody. This else. is just more mind games, in my opinion. This is more stuff that, as somebody who wants to go on dates, you're gonna think, "What's the one song that's gonna fucking encapsulate my entire aura?" And I'd put something lame like Radiohead on there and all the girls. Very lame. Two plus nope. two equals five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lagrange. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's like a horrible idea because music is something that I don't know, like. That's it's, what I was about to say. I think that's what's kind of kind of interesting. I think it's kind of fun to poke, poke fun of it. But at the, at the end of the day, music does bring people together. And I think um, clashing musical tastes can also be something that uh, puts space in between people. So it's an interesting thing, you know. But at the same time, like, I met my girlfriend on Bumble on a dating site. And we have completely opposite views of music. And it's been going really well, surprisingly. Even cool. as a musician myself. So you're saying that you're going to go on to somebody's... Like page and be repelled by a song that you don't like, or you no, look at that like, and be like, "I would look like if she had her song, it'd be some like shit, really country. It would be song. a country song. Yeah, and shit, I fucking baloney. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, oh hell yeah, country song. Yeah, you know, like it would it would give me a weird twinge on the outlook of who that person is. Might have made you swipe and then, left. Yeah, and then right. maybe I, I would have swiped left. Twinder, it's Twinder, right? Twinder, Tinder. How does Tinder work? But so, uh, well, tin, yeah, it's left or right? Which one's good? Tinder's left or right? Right yeah, is right is a go. Left is a no. Bumbles okay. up and down. And Street Fighter <laughs> Four dating is a quarter turn. Hadouken <laughs> or it off the screen. What would you guys put as your songs? Oh um, shit! <laughs> put that kind of pressure on me right now. I just said that this is a mind game, man. I mean, <laughs> I think I would just put Tom first. What? You put Tom Sawyer? Yeah, dude. I would just put fucking, <laughs> fucking yakety sax. Well, here's on a, there, here's a, here's the thing. Is it just a clip of a song? Or I think it, it's a pre. It's a preview. It's a. Preview. It's the meatiest part of your song. It's the song that you want them. I'd to put know. the drum solo of Tom Sawyer. <laughs> just a fucking. <laughs> just Boy, ripping through, dude. Maybe I'd do something that's like, you know, it shows my overall sense, but it's still pretty. Widely like I might put like some Zeppelin on there, yeah. like whole lot of love. <laughs> Maybe a little ironic for. I feel know. like a lot of people are gonna be putting that song on there, man. Well, yeah, You've well, just made we'll yourself. Yeah, you're yeah. now a part of the fish. Man. All right, you're two plus two equals five. Yeah, Dude. there it is. That's <laughs> cool, man. You're gonna find the one for you that way. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, uh, though. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's gonna yield the results that they're thinking it will, though. I don't think it's gonna like change the game. It's one hundred percent novelty. Yeah, it's yeah. But I think it's adorable. I think it's cool. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> adorable is cool. a funny yeah. way to think of business prospects. I do. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all the news. We will be right back. Let's go to halftime. See you later. <laughs> If you want to follow the show once the mics have turned off, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Witty Banter Show. Also, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast and help the show get discovered by leaving a review on iTunes. And finally, steer the conversation by sending a question to wittybantershow at gmail.com or suggest a beer for us to review by going to our website, wittybantershow.com. That's enough plugs. Let's get back to the show. Pero 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 I was thought we'd do a whole nother round, but you know it's fine. We'll just stop there. You, can't you, just know, throw it. cool. you wanted to Your take caboose the first chase. I was yeah, like, you know, you always go last. Bring it up the rear, and also first. <laughs> what do we think about this beer? I have really not been drinking much of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've noticed you haven't been taking any sips over there. I'm over here guzzling this bad boy. <laughs> I feel like as it's warmed up, I've gotten a lot more of the Tomatillo, even even more than I got before. 
It's getting weirder. It's, <laughs> dude, I know. It's honestly like, guys, what is it? Fucking Martin House. You guys did an awesome job putting these flavors into a can, but it is really strange drinking this beer. Yeah. It is fucking weird, man. I'm not used to it. It's 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 peppery. It's spicy. It's it's tomatoey. It is very novelty. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would never drink more than one of these. But would you say to a fault? No. You not know? at all. Yeah. You I would keep either. it around your house for a novelty purpose. I've definitely had novelty beers that I liked way less than this. You oh, know, like yeah, not your yeah. father's root beer. Was that a technically a beer or or an it's ale? A novelty beer. Yeah. I it I did sucks. not like that. That was Listerine. I'll take Tomatillos over Listerine mm-hmm. any day. Um, what do you think, Chase? <sighs> it's, <laughs> it's all right. I'll fucking drink it. He has to yeah. sigh before he gets it out. It, it claims to have like lime. Um, I think I do get a little bit of that. Like, I don't. You know, I get lime flavor kind of cutting, yeah. cut, cutting through it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just just the very front. It's a little. It's just kind of bright. A tiny bit of sweetness, and then that lime kind of hits me, and then it's just it just fucking tastes like pepper. It tastes yeah. like green peppers. I mean, I hatch because it's hatch chili, mm-hmm. and uh, it's warm, dude. It, it still heats my throat up. Like, there's some spice to this thing, and it just smells straight up like tomatillo salsa verde. It's like the initial idea is almost cool, like a salsa beer, but then when you make it more specific. By making it hatch chili tomatillo salsa, yeah, that's like super specific in the beer. You can definitely, like, I can't separate myself from that at all. It's not like it's not flavored. It's not a beer flavored like that. It is a fucking salsa beer. Mm-hmm. A, all the components are there. Yeah, fucking I, yeah. Hatch chilies. The cilantro is there. The fucking lime is there. See, interesting. I I was gonna say like now that you bring up the the lime, I do get a little spritz of the lime. But there's some brightness in there. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I I don't really get the cilantro. I feel like cilantro is like a super specific flavor, and I would have I would have been able to identify that even with my shitty nose. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get much of that. Yeah, but I do just get on the back end. It just follows you all the way down with the spiciness. And it's is, all pepper at the end. It's just everything is pepper. Everything <laughs> turns like into wiping his everything brow. Everything turns into a fucking pepper, pepper when you're done. <laughs> You didn't even know you drank a beer. You just feel like you took a bite out of a pepper. We need some tortilla chips with this. Yeah. I wonder how this would be with salsa. There are worse things to 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 make a gimmick. I wouldn't call this a gimmick beer, but I uh, would. So, I mean, yeah. it's how would you not call it this a salsa gimmick beer? beer. This is the yeah. definition of a gimmick beer. Well, the, and the, and the, not in a bad way. The no, can, there's anything wrong with it. The can made it seem like we would be taking chugs of salsa, which is it's not far from that. But it, it, it appears and looks and feels like an ale still. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Let's mosey on in to our segment for this episode. We're going to bring back an old one, I believe. I don't remember the last time we've done this one, but this one is Musical Mastery. Master! Master! Musical Mastery! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Musical Mastery was usually reserved for talking about music in a generic sense, usually by doing album reviews or concert reviews. Um, We are going to do an album review today, and we are reviewing the new EP from Ghost called Pope Star. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm going to frame it a little bit before we get in there, because I think we have an awesome balance on the panel. We have 
Max, who is a just a ghost fan, mm-hmm. you know, not like head over heels. And then we've got Hunter, who doesn't listen to Ghost at all. And then we have me, who basically likes all of what Ghost does. Yeah. So I think we're going to have a good spread of uh, perspectives. Now, before we get we dive into the content of the uh, review, let's go ahead and, and talk about what the EP is. So this is Pope Star. It's um, five songs, and it's four of those songs are covers, and they've got one original. And Ghost usually puts out a, co- a cover EP to bridge the gap in between their albums, and it also will kind of show where their sound is going, and this is kind of the same in this instance. I wanted to ask you guys, what was your approach uh, to reviewing this album, and how did you kind of go about getting your thoughts and stuff? And we'll kind of put that all out there and what, how, we, how we went about listening and stuff before we get into actually what we think. Okay. Um, the way that I listened to it specifically was in the car. Every time that I listened to this car, it was 100% like me and the music only. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was very focused. Um, yeah. It was pretty short, and I have a pretty long commute, so I got to be able to like a couple of times go through the albums twice back to back, which I think was very helpful in figuring yeah. things out because there's definitely like each exposure was different every time, and I probably listened to the whole thing maybe four four times fully, and then I like went back and like spot checked songs and things mm-hmm. after that. So cool, I got a cool. pretty good listen to them. Yeah, Hunter, what about you? I went to YouTube. And I, uh, I went song for song for the first few rounds. So I listened to each song about three or four times a piece and did that all the way through. And then I found a, a, a video that had all of it. So I listened to that once or twice. And nice. Yeah, so I would usually... Um, the first time I listened to it was just through my speakers at home and then a couple more times just while playing video games and in my headphones. I probably listened and then a few times in the car, I probably listened to it about four to six times, I would say. Um, so let's just go ahead and start off. I guess we can go song for song. The first song yeah. on the album was Square Hammer, which is their original one. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, I'll go ahead and put my thoughts out there first. This song, I feel like had a pretty cool just main riff um there and i want to say about the album as a whole i thought this album was like really well produced i thought the sound of each song was just like full there was a lot going on in each one if you really listened like a variety of synths or organs or strings or like harpsichord even sometimes and i thought it was all mixed just really well um i thought the vocals and stuff were sometimes like in the full focus of the song or held back in, in just a really good way. And Square Hammer kind of sets the tone for this. I did find this song a little generic, though, and kind of boring. Um, it was about four minutes long, and, you know, Ghost kind of has some pop tendencies where it's kind of just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus. You know, it's it's generic, but they have some additional flair to keep you in there. I thought the drums here were loud um and punchy but the 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 beat was always pretty simple and then you kind of it, it kind of it followed that main riff throughout the entire song and i liked the riff and i thought the um the chorus was fairly catchy you know it was somewhat enjoyable for me to listen to but hearing it a couple times over and over it was like all right you know i i kind of enjoy this but it's got your generic guitar solo where it should be um so yeah what did you guys think when I first heard the song come in, I knew immediately that you have like Ghost's first three albums, right? Or they're only three full length albums, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Opus Eponymous, 
something infestus imam infestus imam meliora yep meliora and i heard it and i've listened to opus eponymous a lot like that like that album the best it's my favorite um i've been exposed to a lot of stuff off the second album through you because you've pitched me a lot of songs after i uh listened to opus so like here and there i've listened to that and i've gone into listening to uh meliora um am i saying that right Yep, Meliora, and I hated Meliora a lot. Mm. I thought that like the progression was very obvious where it was going; that it was changing from being like scarier, sort of satanic, to a little bit more like pop satanic, to what I've pretty much decided was more of like a gothic rock. Yeah, gothic and rock is what it really felt into in Meliora, and this song, one hundred percent to me, was just screamed. I the first like from the beginning of the song, I was just like, "Is this a fucking hymn song?" Because that's honestly yeah, what I thought. it totally yeah. right reminded me. Of Not that. that I hate him, but like, there's definitely a different sound from him to like my favorite ghost songs. They're one hundred percent separated. Mm. Uh, that being said, the gothic rock isn't like a terrible thing. It's still one of their funner sounding songs. Uh, it's definitely much more approachable than a lot that I've heard. The chorus is super catchy. I didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, it is really catchy. catchy. It's, it's fun. A very catchy. It's a fun, catchy ghost song. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I like that song more than I liked a lot of the songs off of uh, the third album. So yeah, yeah, that's what my. And point. I did think that it had a really nice. It, it would the uh, they would have piano kind of overlay the main chord a couple times throughout the song. I really liked that. Like piano it, and synth were very heavy. Yeah. On this entire EP, which was awesome. Hunter, what did you think about the first one? So, keep in mind, I had absolutely no bass to go off of. Yeah. That's and what basically, makes your, the your only thing so I special. knew was you have the dudes who dress up the way they do. You got the Pope guy. You got... Uh, I, I, I've heard Chase chanting satanic lyrics. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a lot more intense and scary and... Um, like, I don't want to say, like, it's like, I thought it was going to be Marilyn Manson feeling, but not like thrash. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, kind of scary. Um, and then I listened it to, to it, standard. and it's like, okay, like, so immediately my, immediately my perspective changed. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't approaching it with that predisposition anymore. It was about... It was like okay, the, the the genre. If I don't think this is a genre, but the the name I would put on the sound of this is like '80s retro rock pop. You know, yeah, because it's, it's very poppy. Uh, I don't think I can say it's metal. I don't. No. I, I don't. It really isn't. At no. this point, it's not. No. Which is funny because we included them in our metal six pack last time. Not this song. Not this song. But. Uh, I was expecting it to be a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, metal feeling. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I have to be honest, ro- just interrupt you real quick. I'm off. I'm actually a little worried about where they're going as a band because Meliora was a lot more mild. Um, they didn't mention the devil, Lucifer, Satan once on that album, um, and I was a little happier to finally hear them say the word devil in the <laughs> in this Square Hammer yeah, song. Real, but it I does sound it like their sound is continually <laughs> is continuing to soften up and. I don't know. Yeah. It's not Opus, you know. It's almost kind of so. tricky because you have dedicated Ghost fans who I think like came around at the beginning mm. and were like, "Yeah, dude, this is cool." And it's like it wasn't like you know terrifying metal, like fucking metalcore from Sweden or whatever, but it was dark and it was it was metal. Like Opus Eponymous was 
unanimously metal. Mm. Uh, the second album got lighter, but it was still, you know, there was kind still of on some that, fucking yeah. heavy, jams. Some very, very heavy jams on it still. And dude, like I wouldn't consider Meliora metal. And it's almost like when this new album comes out, you have a lot of these like conflicted ghost fans, at least yeah. from other reviews that I've read who are like trying to back up their boy, you know? Yeah. They're trying to back up their boy and they're not being like, you know, fucking just jaded by the past, mm. but they definitely like, they almost have to at this point kind of like take a step back and be like, okay, one, do I like this? Two, if I do, can I consider it still the same, like mm-hmm. for the same reasons that I like these older albums? Because yeah. it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be for those metal riffs and things like that. Anymore. Right. You're not going to get that anymore. And I tried, and it's it's weird because I tried to read some reviews on this album before coming to the table. Not to, I mean, just so I could get a little bit of perspective. Like, yeah, I mean, where is this coming from? You know? Yeah. Um, and one of the reviews, I don't know if this guy's full of shit, but I reread this like three times, and they, they said that Square Hammer is one of Ghost's uh, heaviest songs. And I'm like, there's no way that this is their heaviest songs. Um, no. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not even close. But, but to, to actually articulate like what I thought about it, um, I, I like to hear that there's some synth. Mm-hmm. You know, I like synth. Uh, I did like in the second verse where they brought in that piano to kind of lay over, but yeah. I, I wish they wouldn't have taken it away in the second half. I wish they would have kind of kept yeah. like like opening it up with kept more the of it and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, I mean, I think it. I followed the entire song and it was the same chord progression throughout the entire song. Yeah. And um, in the in in this, like you said before, Chase, when you prefaced it, I think the song structure was, it was like for me, poppy to a. A fault. It was A B A B guitar solo still in the same chord progression A B, mm-hmm. and yeah. that just you know it just took me out of it a little bit. You know I was expecting a little bit more of a, a bold stand considering that it's their one original that's on the yeah. on the album. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, the next song Nocturnal Me, which I was thrilled to see. So this is an Echo and the Bunnymen cover, and I was expecting these guys to show up on this um, EP, and when they did, and it was this song, which is my favorite one from that album, I was like, fuck yes. And uh, another thing that I did before listening to this, or listen, actually a little bit after I listened to it a couple times, I went and I listened to all the originals, mm-hmm. um, and of course yeah, I've I also... Huh? I did that too. Yeah, yeah I, I wanted to, to do that. I didn't get to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Nocturnal Me is... You know, an awesome song, and they really did do this one probably the most different out of all of the other ones. So, I really, really liked their version of this song. I liked how just big and heavy isn't the right word because it wasn't heavy as in just like intense, as much as it was like the tone of the guitars were just like big and deep and thundering and just very like marching in a lot of ways like it, it, the song kind of stays the same throughout the whole time but I, I just really liked how the verse was just heavy um, guitar and a drum beat that was kind of like a march it was just like very light on the snare and then a constant um, just a constant like every fourth beat on the kick drum just throughout the entire song and it gave it this really cool structure and then the the chorus was they dial all that back and it's really kind of just his voice with a lot of like ambience in the background. And I really enjoyed his voice in this song. Like it had this like level of calm to it. And it almost felt like he was leading like a seance or something, 
you know, and I really like the delivery of it, of the lyrics in this one because they were like they felt a little unnatural, which made it interesting to me to try to like learn what they were. And then you've got towards the latter half of the song when it kind of does the breakdown, and they've got like some some chimes and like some clacking of like sticks, which just sounds very like ritualistic in a lot of ways. And I don't know this this song just felt like Castlevania in a single track, yeah. you know. And I I really enjoyed it. What did you guys think? This this song was one that definitely caught my attention probably the most out of all the tracks on the album. Um, I was familiar already. This is the only song that I knew before like listening to the album. I wasn't terribly familiar with any of the other ones that ever come on. And I think the biggest difference between this song and it's like the cover and the original is that in the Echo and the Buddyman song, it's, it's like the entire song from verse to chorus is still very like in tune with itself. Like it's still... Neither are definitely that much more intense than the other one. But I think their approach, uh, Ghost's approach, I mean, to covering the song was like to kind of, again, like you said, put that sort of like boldness in that march and that heaviness in the uh, verse and then dial all of that back. Like you take away all that distortion, everything. You take all of that out, which you didn't have in the original song, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that sort of impact wasn't the same. Um, and it made it a lot. It made it very interesting. I mean, I like I like this one a lot. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was very interesting. Like you said, it's like he was you know <laughs> performing a seance, which is very ghost esque. Like that's exactly what you want out of their songs. That's what I thought they were supposed to be when I got into Ghost. Mm-hmm. Was it was supposed to feel like that? Yeah. So I got that feeling a lot. I thought it was an excellent choice to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that. Like honestly, the first two songs off of this EP, I was into. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I just really liked how it was very big in the verse, and then it just stops and kind of leaves you hanging mm-hmm. like up in this weird like just <laughs> zone, and then it just drops you right back into it in a very big way, and and sort of riding those waves up and down was really fun. I can visualize because I've seen them in concert before. I can visualize like how they would approach performing it very well. I think that like putting all the focus on the band during the verse and then changing all the focus to being on Papa during the uh, chorus was like exactly how I envisioned it. And like things being very airy and like his arms being up and things like that, as opposed to being a more full, like hectic sound Mm -hmm. from the verse. Yeah. I think this was my favorite one on, on the EP. Um, whenever the, whenever the first verse came in, I didn't really hear the, the snariness. I heard a bunch of toms in the drums it's like yeah you know um and you know it it was kind of like a cool almost like groovy riff you know and so i was like cool you know i can get behind this and i liked the dynamics that they pulled off in the chorus uh the fact that they pulled it back um and they had like the little marchiness um, this is one that I really wish I could have listened to the original because I didn't get to listen to any of the originals. Um, but still, I mean, I know that you got to pay homage to the original and you like, you're doing a cover, but I, I thought that like when I listened to the first verse and then I listened to the second verse, I felt like maybe the lyrics were different, but they were still essentially the same. I think I, and I think. For me, that was kind of not to jump ahead or anything. I just felt like that was kind of a motif where I was thinking like, okay, the second verse is still kind of the same thing as the first verse. How are they going to change it up and make it different? And it kind of left me like they they did most of the same thing as far as I could tell. Yeah. But um, 
but yeah, I, I really liked this one. I think this was the one that this one and the first one definitely got stuck in my head the most. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I dug I dug the drums a lot in this one, and I liked the dynamic range. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I liked it. All right, this next one, and and really these next three songs were not what I expect expected. I mean. The band they covered is called Simeon Mobile Disco, and I went and listened to it, and the song they covered is a straight-up disco electronic song, Hmm. like straight-up electronic music. And this song really took me by surprise, and when I was sitting there listening to it for the first time, it was kind of like, like allowed me to catch my breath after the last one in a very, like, relaxing way this song starts out with just kind of very ethereal noise and then it and then there's like a piano key and it stops and then it bleeds in again and just like a lot of really cool sound effects but the song has almost no percussion in it Mm -hmm. and it's just papa singing with um very like loud like reverb is very big and it just it relaxed the shit out of me it felt like it was just this calming, like Inya type of shit, you know, <laughs> where like, but by the end of the song, it's really just the same chorus over and over again, but it's him layering his vocals on top of each other. And there's like a lot of chanting and that chanting as the song builds gets like more pronounced, a little louder and a little more frequent while all of the um, keys and the synth that's coming together to make that ethereal noise is kind of getting louder and they're adding more and more elements and the song never gets like overly complex, um, but it does, I feel like have a gentle ramp the entire time, but it's not what I expected, but I actually did like this song um, a good bit. What did, what did you guys think? It's a, it's a like, uh, not tall, so a short ramp, but I don't mean like for a short period of time. I mean like it doesn't build up to much. Yeah, there's you not almost like expect a, there to not be like a climax. Yeah, of you sorts. expect there to get. You kind of almost expect this to be like the intro to a more intense, harder rock song or something like that, mm-hmm. right? To kind of come off. Right. But I almost kind of found myself listening to it and like with anticipation to that never happening. And maybe there's something that speaks for that. Or maybe there isn't. This is definitely the first song on the album that I like. Mm. Kind of was just like uh, not terribly into. Mm. Um, like you said, there just wasn't. It didn't feel like much happened. I didn't think that a lot went on in this song at all. I almost felt like the chorus is just repeating itself over and over again. But see, I, I kind of yeah. like that because it allowed you to just sit right in that one spot where it was and kind of just be in that soundscape in a lot of ways, you know? And I, I don't know. I, I, every time it came on, I find myself just kind of zoning out listening. And even though the song's four minutes long, it always seemed to pass very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I don't think this one's four minutes long, man. I think this one's shorter, like notably. I believe, I I believe, right? (laughs) Uh, I'm looking at the links right now, and it says four zero six. Really? That that could be wrong, though. I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, the way uh, I thought this was was a lot more uh, concise. I thought. Oh, I, I thought the track listing was shorter. I was even gonna say because you're like, it's not shorter in length. I was like, I thought it was shorter. Yeah. Um, but it felt like a bridge between the first half and the second half of the EP for me, kind of. Um, it was a good middle song, yeah. Yeah, and and honestly, like uh, to wagon wheel a little bit, it kind of reminded me of Gwent, and with like that kind of mandoliny strum 
thing they had oh, going on. Oh yeah, I love the way. So when you listen to it electronically, that that main melody isn't as pronounced, and it's just straight up like electronic keys. I loved the way that they did it, where it did sound very mandoliny and like plucky. You I know, don't, a yeah. lot of staccato. I don't really know what that instrument is, but I like the timbre of it, and I liked uh, again the production. Um, but yeah, I think it was just. It was an interesting one to cover for sure, um, it, but yeah, I, I think that's the best personification I can have for it. Or I don't know if that's a personification. It, it just felt like a bridge between the first and second half, where it was like a, a little bit of a like a purposeful lull, and yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just like a light, airy feel. And that's cool, but it was just like so obvious. I think after listening to the album a few times, that it was like. This was the song where things changed for me. Yeah, it was like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's almost like so obvious to where it was like, yeah. like it knew it was. It's doing like it that. has quotes around it. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, mm. I kind of felt like that with a few of them. I mean, just because. You mean the rest of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we'll let's let's get that. to the next one, Missionary Man. This one is like just. It fe- you know, we talked about jokingly um, Motley Crue in the last episode, and this is kind of what this song reminded me of, just like an old 80s rock song where we got harmonica, we got big backup vocalists, we've got like just hard kind of like just generic rock riffs, yeah. you know, and you got the harmonica jamming. And the thing is, is like, I think it's awesome that they chose this song considering who they are and what and how they pay homage to who they were inspired by. And it totally makes sense. They would cover this song. I didn't like the song very much. You know, I think the song's kind of like funny and novel. And like, I do think Papa does a, I think he, I think he performs a song. Well, you know, I think he, he kind of gets in that first uh, opening lines kind of, you know, it just, it made me grim, but I was like, all right, this is not my kind of music. You know, it made me fucking cringe when I first heard <laughs> it. Do you like for real? Well, it's just so, so I listened to the first version of it and obviously I was very like not anticipating what this song was going to sound like very well. Cause I was like, dude, this is a fucking country song. <laughs> like this sucks. Yeah. And, uh, when I went into it, it's almost like Papa's voice added like even more twang than the original song. And I was like, why yeah. would you go full country? When Swedish the, twang. Yeah, with the Swedish twang. <laughs> and then right afterwards, because the riff like right after that is like kind of okay, that fucking... Dun, 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 dun. Like that was almost like... they If they had kind of like taken the approach to that song that they did with that small little section right after that opening, like I just like... I have like a personal fucking i can't i can't stand the way that that makes me feel that fucking opening line that he does i can't stand it i fucking hate that kind of music (laughs) i think he made it fucking he emphasized it yeah and i hate that (laughs) and the fucking riff after that was kind of cool and the rest of the song was just so like i don't know dude like as you know it was just embarrassed to listen to it it, dude like i didn't like it i hated it it was like pure cheap Sex, drugs, rock and roll kind of music. Country, you know I mean? sex, drugs, rock and roll. Like I didn't get as much of a country vibe from how. It. And the whole I, thing. I, mean, was I felt country. like, like for me, it felt like they were trying to do their own, like apparently new generation ghost version of Working Man. You know, or like, <laughs> really? No, yeah. but I mean, no, I'm mean, not. I like the Working Man, but <laughs> guys, it's just, it just, yeah, it just felt, it felt like we're gonna do a. You know, just a straight up rock song here. 
Yeah. Uh, like, let's come back from the lull. Let's come back from the fucking Yeah, dive. again, and like you said, you thought that the last one was going to be building up into this intense heavy one, and I think, it like, if they would have made this, like, actually a lot heavier and even darker, they would feel more appropriate to have the one before. And this one was just kind of like, coming out of the lull, we're here to rock. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Very, Get your um, assless chaps, because it's time to rock. Fucking like Sammy Hagar, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All right. The final song is titled Bible, and this song... I thought was hilarious because there's a, there's a couple tracks throughout the various albums and, and uh, Melior specifically that I think you could honestly spin as Christian songs One in, in the way that they talk about what they're talking about. And two, there's a song called he is on Meliora, which is straight up just an, our God is a great God type of ballad. (laughs) And I just love how they went full unapologetic arena Christian rock with this song. You know, I was like, finally we have the full evolution here. When the song first started out, it kind of remind every Sunday in Austin on this one radio station, they do this Irish folk song like 2-hour block and I always listen to it. It's really pretty and just fun. And there's a folky feel to this to these lyrics and to the uh, to the way that it's sang that reminded me a little bit of some of those lyrical songs like that and I was like, okay, um that's kind of cool, but it, this one is basically just very, uh, it's more of a, uh, synthy kind of soundscape yet again. And for me, it was like, it was well executed and well produced, but I'm never going to listen to that song again. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. What you got on it, Max? That song was just, dude, if it was like anybody else, then maybe I could see the, like, the charm to it, you know, like I, I get that it's just this, this big arena rock song. And if it was like from a band like turbo Negro or something where like it was supposed to kind of be funny, mm-hmm. then I could see it. But dude, it's just that fucking song coming off of the last song where I was just dip the last two <laughs> songs where I was yeah. just fucking bitter. <laughs> Dude, and I was like, please, you know, that, be something Look, cool. I understand being bitter from number four, but are you really that pissed off? Like, come on. So, Especially like, so from the third you're one? You're fucking so what giving them this too much come credit. On? I mean, dude, what this, does that mean? Like, Yeah, dude, I'm this just, fucking I'm just saying, song. like, it seems like you were, like, really pissed. Like, I don't know. I just didn't have such an aversion to it. Song four sucked dick. Okay. Song four was terrible. It was a bad song. Song three was nothing. It was a little lackluster for you. It was you. lackluster. Song four was not a great like choice to me. I mean, the song is like okay. I would never listen to it again unless I was like watching the end of an eighties movie or something. It's just not, dude. Like I hate the you fact that like I got into yeah, dude. I just dude. It's it's. I got into fucking Ghost because they had this fucking awesome stage presence, and it was like fucking self-aware and mm-hmm. i loved that and it was fucking heavy without being too fucking stupid heavy mm-hmm. man and they just went this like super pop route dude like and it's so cliche to say which is why i've been kind of avoiding going this way but dude the fucking last album sucked and the next album is gonna suck like that album because mm-hmm. that's the approach that they're taking to it 
That's, that's just fair. me. That's I mean, me. The I first album no was cool. Re- frame of reference. The second album was like pretty cool. Third album sucked. The next album is going to be just like the third album to the nth degree. Okay. That's my interpretation of it. And that's how I got from this fucking EP. I will say, I was glad that they finally started singing out loud in higher registers. You I almost know, didn't recognize his voice. I, I was in just, a lot of the times. you know, they started out in in the you know in the first song, in the verse it's and you call on me, which is like yeah cool that's nice and melodic yeah. and he's singing some falsetto there, and for the rest of the time I just felt like it was a really low vocal register. Yeah, uh, and I was waiting for it to to be brought up at some point in some of those songs and it didn't. Uh, but then at the very end they finally were singing out loud and. Uh, and, and in a higher register, so I thought that was nice. Um, again, yeah, I, this is sort of anthemic for me. It has like an anthem feel to it. I've never really dug anthem-feeling songs, um, and um, I don't think it's their worst song. I think I, I think uh, I like the first two and the last one, probably the well. I think I like the first three. So yeah, I would probably clump it in the same way. I don't think. I don't think I had the same thing where I thought that the fourth was just awful and the fifth was just as bad or anything. I think I probably thought the fourth was not not was probably the worst on the EP and that the fifth was like okay and brought it back a little bit and like had some closure to it. But but yeah, I mean all in all I don't it's just not my type of stuff. I don't think. But who is it for, dude? Because it's not for metal fans. And I, think, I mean, I think it's I think it's for ghost fans. I mean, there's a there's a hardcore group of people that will eat anything they put out up, and I think it's for them, you know. But it's not for it, them if they just eat anything they put up. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they made the song. Then it's for ghost fans. But what what do you what do you ask? I'm just saying like. As a music fan, as somebody who wants something out of this band, like what about this album like would speak to you, or what about this EP would speak to you? I thought it would be a little more bold. It's not, and I think that they didn't. Other than Nocturnal Me, they chose really strange songs, which are okay at the beginning, but they didn't do anything really with them. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, um, like the most that they did something with, I think, was with I Believe. And that was kind of cool, but it still kept it at such a fucking, like, slow, fucking, soft, mundane. I mean, I liked, I liked that, though. I, I liked the way that the chorus kind of just felt like a rolling up and down with, um, like, the backing vocals and then his own vocals over it. And even though he's kind of repeating the same thing over and over again, it's, it's like, it's soft and it, it got stuck in my head. I, I, I liked that song. I mean, I didn't think it was amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but I did think it was relaxing and just different. Do you think if you heard this song from another band, you would have given it any credit? Yeah, I think it's a good song. Mm. I don't think that you would have, and I don't think that a lot of Ghost fans would have. I, which is I, a problem to I, me. That's my like. That's my opinion. I don't think that... If you, you, you think that just it, because I saw the word ghost next to it, that's the reason I like it? Not the reason that you like it, but the reason that you're willing it's to like give a it so much. That predisposition it. is giving you enough to be like, well, I like that it does that. I put, I, of it put that. the song in front of me. That's yeah. the only reason why I listened to it. Which but is true. I still like the song. Well, I, I think it, it kind of goes to that thing where I have a predisposition towards Radiohead songs. And a lot of times, I don't like it until I like it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I think I was just. 
I was expecting a little more, just on the album as a whole. I was just expecting it to be a little uh, heavier, <laughs> and um, so was so was I. And um, I felt like I just felt like some of the songs were repetitive. Like I felt like after after the first verse and chorus, I just felt like I got the song, and that kind of like took me out of it. And um, I thought I th- I you know like looking at it from a bird's eye view. I really think that it's cool that they bridge their albums, you know, their albums with these EPs that are largely cover based and that sort of do pay homage to the things that influence them and show listeners like what made them who they are. But that being said, um, I don't know. Every song was four, four. Um, none of the instrumentation, like, blew me away i thought it was like really well produced and they had a lot of good layering um but there wasn't any guitar solo that i was like fuck i could never do that or like drum fill that i was like damn that was fucking that was really cool all the all the vocals were mostly lower register and i was waiting for it to come up and like have that like fulfillment and 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 it for the most part they didn't um so yeah i i think that it was like well, go ahead and put a number on it. I mean, I think that's a good way to kind of sum sum up your your thoughts. And stuff. Okay, so so we're doing numbers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a review, so we sh- we should go ahead and put some numbers on it. It's yeah, and and just to, I mean, again, to preface, like I have nothing to really draw from before, um, and I I would like to to be able to put a, a real number on it. But as far as just like my general enjoyment, I give it like a five. Like I thought that it was well produced. And I, I liked the overall, like, ideas of what they did, but I don't plan on going back and listening to it. I don't really uh, think they took enough chances. I thought the song structures were pretty straightforward. I think they could have done some cooler, like, instrumentation. That's just kind of where I'm at, I guess. Yeah, so I was a mild fan of Square Hammer. Um, really big fan of Nocturnal Me. Really liked what they did with that song. I enjoyed I Believe as well. I thought it was like, it. after hearing those first two songs, when I was listening to it the first time through, and then that one hit me, I was like, okay, well, that wasn't at all what I expected, and I kind of enjoyed it. Missionary Man is just like, it's not for me. I think they absolutely like nailed what they were going for. It just, it's just, I wish they wouldn't have gone for it, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, for real. And like, I, I do know there's a lot of Ghost fans that like I talked to on Twitter who, um, who like kind of all things rock and metal and I can see how some people are, are going to really enjoy this song because they're kind of they're, they come from that like time of 80s concerts and partying and like just that rock star kind of feel and I think that's what this song is Bible it's just like I'm not gonna listen to that song it's not like again you know it, it's I think it's I think it's funny that they kind of went full-on Christian rock but at the same time it's just like a novel little thing that they did. At the album as a whole, I felt like it was extremely well produced, very well mixed, um, and I was very impressed by that. But I'm going to give it a 6.5. And Max? Um, same thing. Dude, the first song was cool because it was catchy. The second song was cool all around. Uh, the third song was okay. Um I think the fact that it kind of brought you down to that like lower register, I think to me was that I didn't feel like I needed to. 
because the first two songs, while like Nocturnal Me was like heavier, it wasn't like heavy all the way through, and there wasn't anything heavy really about Square Hammer in my opinion. No. So I didn't need to be brought down in any way. <laughs> uh, the fourth song was bad. I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. It's not for me, and I don't think it sounds cool. I don't think that, I mean, like, you know, I think that, I don't know, dude, whatever they were going for, that's cool if they got it, but, like, how do you not get it then, you know? Does that make sense? Like, they're going for something and they got that right? Like, how do you go for that and then not get it right then for me? Would I like that? I don't even know. So, and then Babylon was, or Bible, sorry, uh, was just, like, super airy and, like, left me very, like, wanting something else at the very end of the album, wanting something different and sitting through a very long melodramatic song that was like, just, I didn't think it was very cool. I'm going to give it a four or five. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I will say just as overall, I was super surprised how eighties this was. Yeah. It just yeah. felt I mean, they're, incredible. They're very, 80s. Yeah. They're very, very influenced by, 80s music i mean a lot of the metal that they point to as being that they were influenced by comes from the 80s their their last cover album um had a depeche mode song on it Mm. so and just to speak to like i guess the poppy nature like it's not easy to make something that's catchy and i found myself the next day after listening to these like like two or three you know songs were getting stuck in my head so that definitely speaks to something for sure Mm. yeah yeah cool Max, I feel like you're most critical of music. I would say that. I feel like you're really hard to please with with songs. I would say that. (laughs) I would agree. I I would agree. I think that I'm absolutely very critical of music. I I don't have time to sit here and say that, like, well, it wasn't the worst. You know, like, I don't like the very, like, it's nice to me. Sentiment is what I feel like I get from a lot of people. You want to be impressed. I do. And it's not that I'm I saying that like, I when it. I say this is like a bad album, I'm not saying like, don't listen to it. Not certified. It's a shit music album. It's I'm not saying anything. it's not me. And I have a specific niche of music that isn't alone just to me. It isn't like just my own. Like when I want something heavy, there's a lot of people that also want something heavy. There's people that want things heavier than I want them. Right. Yeah. There's people that want things more intricate than I want them. There's people that want things more musically inclined than how I want them. And I love like fucking a lot of brain dead music, dude. I, I listen to a lot of fucking stupid, silly songs because they're catchier because they have some, some, but there's usually some sort of uniqueness or gimmick to it. And mm-hmm. there isn't that in this particular case. Okay. Well, that's been musical mastery. Thank you guys for your time. That was a pretty fun little review. Let's move on to the mail corner. Now. It's it. All right. The first one is an email sent to wittybantershow at gmail.com, and it comes from Dunter Horset. Love it. Who says, Hey, Flubber lovers. (laughs) How do you know? I just want to let it be known that I am not a lover of that shitty movie Flubber. (laughs) <laughs> but it says let's let's play a little game would you rather one have a brain tumor that will increase your iq by 15 points and reduce your lifespan by 10 years or 
Number two, not have a brain tumor, live as long as you're supposed to, and have 25 IQ points less than you currently do. Forever yours, Dunter, peanut butter cups, or set. <laughs> Good old PB cups, man. Peanut- That's a tough question. Where is the peanut butter cups from? Well, we'll never know until we know who See this? Dunter Dorset is. So I've been given, I'm just sorry, like, sorry to bring my personal stuff in this, but I've been giving Mandy a lot of shit because she keeps saying she's Dunter. She loves Would You Rather, and she brings over peanut butter cups all the fucking time. Oh, shit. We might have to do some investigative work. I think she's dropping work. some fucking serious hints <laughs> here. I've been playing around. Steal her computer. <laughs> That's what I told us. Like, there's such an easy way for you to prove this shit. <laughs> and she just refuses. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean. Going on to the question at hand. Would we rather be smarter and have a brain tumor and live shorter? <laughs> just like 10 years shorter. What is, Do you want to live those 10 years living? anyway? What is you know the difference I mean? of living again? You can reduce your lifespan by 10 years for an increase of 15 IQ points or subtract 25 IQ points to live as long as you're supposed to. I'd rather live longer. I don't think 15 IQ points is enough. Like, fuck, fuck that, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, all out, man. Take those last. I don't care what when I'm 90 to 100. Is being that much smarter really that important to you? It'll make, I mean, it's going to make my life that much more enjoyable. It's going to make it easier. I would say it makes it shittier. I think the smarter you are, (laughs) the smarter you are, has sucked. No, the smarter you are, the more you realize, like, like, it's like, you know, wisdom is kind of like a double edged sword. You want to be more ignorant now? So that you can well, live. You're, ta- you're talking about wisdom. You're talking about knowledge. Because okay. I, when I, when I think IQ points, I'm talking just like my ability, intelligence, yeah, like wit, to learn capability. Math. Yeah. Well, and yeah, but 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 I think if I'm yeah. gonna if I'm gonna like proactively shave years off my life, I don't think 15's enough. I'm starting out around a little above average. I want to be closer to genius. If I'm gonna say like I'm gonna live <laughs> not very much longer. You I mean, know, you're gonna be closer. When you have I think 15 points. I mean, Jesus. Dude, 15, fuck that. First of all, yeah, whatever. Dude. I think it's easier to be happy if you're dumber. Oh, absolutely, of course. So you wouldn't want to live a happy long life? Well, it's easier to be happy. It doesn't mean that I won't be happy being smarter. I'm saying that like when you're dumber, things don't matter to you. I'm saying there's definitely a lot of like depressed smart people out there. Right. I think it would be shitty to be smart and then to proactively make a decision where you were dumber. And then having to deal with that for the rest of your life. You're like, I used to be able to do this. <laughs> that would be really depressing. Yeah. Losing like that top grain college education fucking knowledge. Might... I'm surprised, Chase. I mean, it's somebody who... Loves living. Well, yeah, that. Loves but, being alive. But one of the, one of the I think, absolutes for Chase is that... And, and I think I've gotten on board with this, too, is that life is pretty much the only thing that we can assuredly say that we have... And that it's ours. And to say that you would just cut it off shorter so that you'd have a, a little bit more wit and a little bit more capability, I'm surprised. I'm just, what I'm saying here is with that 15 extra points, which I think goes a long way, you know, from if, I don't know where we're at now, but if you were like 130 and you got 15, then you're almost like Einstein status. For sure. If you're 115 to 130, that's fucking up there. Yeah. You know, you're a smart dude. And so I feel like you're going to be able to live a way more interesting and fulfilling life where you're going to be like, 
You're going to be wheeling and dealing, making business decisions, flying all over the world, doing your stuff, making people laugh because you're witty. You're going to have a more fulfilling life. And even if it's shorter, like life is just so much in the moment that just because I know in the future it's going to be shorter, I still think I'm going to enjoy a better life here and now more so than I would with those less 25. So Yeah, man, quality over life over quantity over life. For right, sure. but I mean, I feel like y'all are feeling like this 15 points is going to make you like Bradley Cooper in Limitless, and I don't think that's the case. How do you know how smart I am? Do you know my IQ score? I mean, right have now? you seen that movie? He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, like, I earned $2,000 in one day in the stock market. It wasn't enough. And then he starts learning like millions and becoming super. I don't think that's what would happen with 15 extra IQ points. I'm not asking are, for that. That's not I'm what I'm not, saying. Yeah, I think you're hyperbolizing the, the situation. You're, no, I'm not asking for that, man. I'm honestly just asking for like in general to be like whatever job I do, I'm probably going to be the best at. <laughs> okay. Unless and like in my day to day life, like you. you said, dude, just being like quicker on my feet. That's awesome. See, I don't that's think IQ relates to like work ethic. Or like, uh, I'm gonna like be, perspective on your life. It, it, it might not, but it'll make you just more efficient. You'll probably have to work less. Yeah. <laughs> you can work less if you're dumber, too. I'm telling you. Look, man, have fun <laughs> staying at home for your extra 10 years, figuring out your DVR. Fucking. I'll be watching. <laughs> well, what, I'm glad yeah. I got these last 10 years in here. You know, e- technology's simplifying everything. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to have a problem, man. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you, you currently don't have any of those with technology right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this next one was sent in via our website, wittybantershow.com, and it comes from Tanner, the forger of masks. Oh, no shit. I want an update. Yeah, this guy's yeah. <laughs> He says, greetings and salutations. I recently returned from Cincinnati Comic Con, and I am eager to start a new cosplay, but having a difficult time deciding. With this in mind, I thought it would be fun to hear your opinion on the matter. If you could have any complete cosplay that is 100% accurate to its source material, spare no expenses, what would it be? Can be from any game, movie, you name it. Thanks for the continued awesomeness, and keep up the great work. Regards, Tanner. And then he says, P.S., the helmet of metal and magic is entering the forge. We'll keep you posted in the coming days. This Fuck. dude's so cool. Yeah, this guy's pretty dope. He's a very <laughs> interesting he, guy. He went to this Comic Con and straight up sold the stuff that he makes to people. Like, he is a yeah, peddler of humans. wares. So he's an entrepreneur in that sense. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. This guy's a badass. Yeah, this I guy's making it. moves. This I like this question, though. This is like, okay, this spare tough, no dude. expenses. You get to have the costume of a lifetime. Th- what do you want? This question is what I asked myself like two months out from every Halloween. <laughs> Seriously. I'm always And then like, never follow through with I'm, at any I regard. I never do. And then settle for me in a mustache. <laughs> <Hey>, you- <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. This one, what comes first in, in mind, when I was young, I wanted like a just perfectly accurate Zelda or like Link costume. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look like Link. Right. I want the Master Sword. I want the uh, Hellion Shield. I want a tunic that actually looks like his, the fucking white tights, the boots. Give it, give me, give it all to me. <laughs> give it, give it. But I think there's a better answer, and that is a full on perfectly accurate master chief costume yeah you're fucking walking around as the master chief that is some that's pretty sick 
That'd that's, be slick. That's good. Because, I mean, honestly, in Comic-Con, I, my original thought is, like, anime. Yeah, it's that's like, what I was thinking, what? too. I was like, what are my favorite fucking yeah, animes? But it's weird, though, because there's no real-life renderings of any anime character, maybe other than, like, in Death Note with light, that are, like, for me, completely fulfilling. And I think it's just because, like, people's really? faces in real life don't look like anime faces. Yeah. And that's why it's like, like Master Chief's a great answer because fuck your face. You don't have to see it. <laughs> fuck his <laughs> face. Oh, your fucking face. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, but like, but you bringing up, you know, video games, possibly even just movies. That makes me kind of open the doors. Does anything pop out to you? Dude, I don't know. Because I'm trying to think of something that would be really hard slash I haven't seen before. And I don't know. I went straight up to like, like. Gundams when I thought that and being like somebody making like an armored suit to replicate like a perfect fucking whatever your favorite Gundam was dude mm-hmm. like a fucking sick death scythe from Gundam Wing that would be fucking <laughs> raw if I saw that dude walking around so I'm trying to think of all my favorite fucking Gundams from all time dude yeah. so that's kind of where I'm where my head's at right now mm-hmm. yeah. okay I mean okay. I think I'm still gonna stick in the anime realm I think that's, as far as, like, nerdy shit goes, I think that's where I'd like to stay. Yeah. I could, I mean, you know, are things like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, these are all part of Comic-Con? You could straight up be Sauron. You could have his suit of armor if you wanted, man. Dude, fucking Guts' uniform, (laughs) post, (laughs) everything. (laughs) Yeah, when he's the black. Yeah, when he's the fucking black knight, dude, or the fucking black swordsman. That would be fucking raw with yeah. the helmet and everything. Well, I was thinking Bui. You Bui know? would be pretty cool. With the fucking just gigantic <laughs> axe. Dude, Yu Yu Hakusho has some good ones in there. Um, and I was thinking Hiei, too. I I don't know. Hiei's easy, man. You could be Hiei well, that's the thing tomorrow. Is, is like, I feel like I could dress up. I could say Vegeta, right? Think of armors. And Think I of could, cool yes, armors. But so you have, I mean, you kind of have to, right? Because... <laughs> <laughs> Because you gotta get something that deflects the fact that your body is doesn't look not, like that dude's yeah, body. It does not like <laughs> you can pay for all the fu- fucking whatever you want, but you don't <laughs> still look a dork. like Vegeta. Yeah, and that kills me. You know, I, I wouldn't spend all the expenses. What about anything from like Shadow of Rome? You could have a set of armor from that. That's just yeah. like that's Gladiator, man. That's like yeah. yeah I definitely wouldn't be Voldemort. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you what I'm dude, not going to pick. <laughs> yeah, let's just start make with anything a big list but of things I won't be. Yeah. And you know, like honestly, like every time I think of Comic Con, I just think of how awesome it would be if I could fulfill my lifelong dream of being Goku. But I just don't see it happening. So I'm just going to say, I, I I think your sour on thing is actually pretty cool. You going to steal his like that? Actually, no. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to be Legolas. <laughs> That's I'm gonna be it. the exact replica of Legolas. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> I'm not here to impress you, bro. Yeah, you shouldn't be because you're not doing it. Um, <laughs> I officially changed my answer to guts, berserk, black swordsman. Dude, look it up, Tanner. You look could make it such up, a good dude. one. He, he probably knows. He probably knows. I don't know. What I'm trying to condescend him. <laughs> this is fucking anime that you probably never heard you should of. Probably know it's this. called Berserk. It just like restarted. Give him um, the, the detractable shooting arm. Yeah, man. You know, it'd also be really sheets. cool to have a really accurate, like, Mortal Kombat classic ninja 
outfit from like from like Air Mac or Scorpion and stuff. That'd be okay, pretty okay. cool. But Shao Kahn in there. Yeah, Shao, Shao Kahn would be nice. cool. But again, he's jacked. Yeah, you would have to be jacked. You gotta be jacked. You gotta be that jacked too. You can't just be in shape. You gotta be that jacked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be like fucking Gronkowski. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for the question, Tanner. It was really enjoyable. This last one is a follow-up on the segment that we did last week, which was the Build Your Own Six Pack for Metal Songs. Ben Ebig built his own six pack of metal songs and he shared it with us. Nice. So we're gonna Are you all right over there, man? He's coughing from the from the Sorry. peppery beer. <laughs> I'm getting down to like the last bits of the pepper beer. He's and excited I'm for the, the review, on honestly. Yeah. I'm all right, so here's Ben Ebig's heavy metal six pack. The first one is Eluviite, I think. <laughs> what? <laughs> from, from Irish Mona. Is it? Who I've never heard it of before. Inus Mona? Is it I L L U V I A T E? It's E L U V E I T E. Oh, yeah. You're just saying letters at me right Fuck. now. Okay, yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Irish Mona. Disturbed. I am alive. Interesting choice. Hmm. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then we have. Ich tu dir weh from Rammstein. Nice. I haven't heard that song, but I think Rammstein's kick-ass. It's his import. Then we have the Ale Storm from Scraping the Barrel. Very applicable to the six-pack. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never heard of that band lines. either. Yeah. Then we've got the Buzz Band Specialty, Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> never enough. That's you know, I, is that very, where, where, do we, where do we put that in, in metal? Do we classify that as metal? Who is it by? Five finger death. Five punch. finger death punch. I thought I just I just thought of uh, anime move or something like a final. That's the point. Blow. I don't know. I I've never uh, heard of this. I don't know what this it's is definitely about. on like the heavier side of buzz bands. And then the last one is Sabaton by Got Mit Uns. I've never heard of them either. So Ben has a collection here that is really quite different than ours. Flabbergasting so looking, us. Yeah, he is. I think that just kind of goes to show that the genre of metal is quite wide and expansive. Yeah, a little larger so, than you may think. That's another six pack for you guys to try out if you're looking to get into metal music. But it is time for us to end this episode with our definitive beer reviews. Max, you look like you can't wait <laughs> to put a number on this beer. Oh, man. Dude, as much as I like we've been complaining about this beer, it sounds like I'm not gonna fucking shit on it. Cause what would you want from a beer called the Salsa Verde? Yeah. You know I what agree. I mean? Like, what I was I like? What kind of asshole is going to be like, I don't like the fucking hatch peppers in here. <laughs> uh, would you like mix this with cilantro and lime? on it. Why did you buy this? I'm not sure. No, uh, one out of ten. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, like this beer, it's something. It's fucking weird. Uh, the pepper is all at the end. The beginning it really is, is, yeah, dude. It's, it's like a. It's punch. not just like at the end. It's at the end and then some. It's mm. at the end and then like for five minutes. Yeah, uh, dude, I'm gonna give it a fucking six, and only because like I just it's not something that I would drink a lot. Um, I love what they did though. I love like the fact that this beer is 100% a hatch chili beer. Please, if you like novelty. Weird beers, try this beer. Mm -hmm. But also, it's fucking really strange. Yeah. Um, so, I feel like when you have beers that are so specific and distinct like this, I feel like there's sort of two sides that I, that I use to describe them. And one is novelty, 
and one is gimmicky. And I feel like gimmicky has a little bit more of a negative connotation for me, whereas novelty is just like, this is new and interesting. And this is more novelty for me. Yeah, I'd I don't, that for I sure. would not call this a gimmicky beer. Um, and I think it delivers on what it promises, you know? And I, th- I think you've got to res- you gotta respect it. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, I get a lot of, of the Tomatillo. Especially as it's opened up, I've gotten a lot of that. Um, the blonde malt definitely signs through. I get the lime. Um, I I was honestly imagining it to be worse. I thought. Yeah, there's a lot of points that should be given it to where like I was dreading drinking this beer. <laughs> and you know, and it's still a beer. It's still an ale. It's not like just some just like salsa weird punch juice crap. It's it's a it's a straightforward. It's a good beat. Not straightforward. Fuck. fuck. Yep, there it is. Yeah. He got it. <laughs> uh, yes. Ding 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 ding. ding, ding. Yes. If you had time of one thirty point two, send it in for your prize at Winnie Banter Deck. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck. Just so not straightforward. <laughs> definitely novelty. Definitely different. Like your reviews all over the place, man. I don't even know what beer you're talking about right now. Sorry, man. My IQ's down after <laughs> yeah, that question. After you, you took know? that fucking IQ uh, loss. Because it delivered on what it promised, and because it did it in such a way where I didn't feel like it was just a huge like, you know, it didn't. It made a salsa beer. Which is impressive for me. That's awesome. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Nice. I'm going to do the same approach. I'm going to call this thing novelty. And I think for what they were going for, they couldn't have fucking hit it harder. Yeah, for real. So if I'm going to rate this on the Salsa Verde beer scale, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. There you go. Yeah, Boom. That, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. seriously. I can, I if, can back that up, dude, for so real. So is that like. your score? No. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Gotcha. <laughs> If you're a beer drinker and you're looking for something different and you come across this one, try it, man. Like it's going to be unlike anything you've had before. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I don't want to I'll go through some of the notes that you just said. Smells like tomatillo. It's sweet and kind of limey on the front and then just ends with hatch and just pure heat. You know, not like unbearable heat, but just warmth. Mm-hmm. That being said, dude, I, it was hard to finish this beer. I could not keep going back to the well and pulling out the pails because I was like, all right, this is kind of gross how much it tastes like salsa. Yeah. It, <laughs> I feel like I'm drinking salsa, you know, and that's not exactly a selling. Point. That doesn't sound <laughs> great to my senses. So I'm going to give this a six because I. I would have rather have been at a bar and been like, so they had the bartender be like, here, try it. Me try it and been like, whoa. All right, I'm going to have the other thing. Yeah, you know? one lone star, please. <laughs> yeah, maybe, um, maybe but I don't want to knock glass. this brewery. I, I think, they, yeah, for I real. think this is one of the most well-executed novelty beers I've ever seen. So I would say if I saw something else them. by the brewery, I would be interested in it. Boom. Because I know that they go for a pinpoint taste. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, that is episode number 76 of Witty Banter. You can find us on iTunes just by searching Witty Banter, hitting subscribe, and then 
All of our episodes will show up in our download queue for free. We have gotten six reviews. I have checked. We have six five-star reviews on Witty Banter. So five out of five. If you're one of those people who have reviewed us five stars, thank you very much. If you're not, take a quick moment to look at your phone and go ahead and give us a five-star review. It really helps the episodes in the podcast get discovered so we could add more people to this awesome train. But if you don't have iTunes, that's okay as well, because you can just go to wittybantershow.com to listen to all of our episodes there for free. And if you have Android devices, you can find us on a variety of platforms. If you can't find us, please let us know, and we will try to get there as soon as possible. I am on Twitter. I'm at Bodacious Chase. Max is at prob- probably Max, and the show is at Witty Banter Show. So follow us there. We will see you next week. Beto Pepo. Beto Pepo. Beto Pepo. Beto Pepo. Beto Pepo.